everyone, and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at Red Beard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors because I'm on that journey myself of becoming a happier, healthier, more successful human being, more just a, a, a better version of me for those around me, for me, uh, so I can give back to people, uh, just live a happier life. And I think there's lots of people out there that want that and just don't necessarily know how to do it. So not that I'm an expert because I'm definitely not, but I get to have conversations with some amazing people that have found success on a consistent basis. And I love being able to share that with you, the listener. And thank you so much for your support. As this podcast continues to grow, I'm so very grateful. So again, Mondays, gear reviews, Wednesdays are the solo episodes and Saturdays are like today where I get to share those great conversations with some incredible individuals with you guys. So today, before we get into the conversation, I just wanted to share with you, his name is Aaron Malone and it's Gideon's Tactical on YouTube or Instagram. And I'll get into a little bit more about that, but why I came across Aaron's stuff. I mean, he basically puts out some amazing content and uh, I'll explain why I got so hooked on it and then how we became friends. But before that, I want to give a shout out to the show partners. Of course, First Form, First Form Outdoors, amazing individuals, great community. And if you're looking for any kind of nutrition supplementation, let me know, shoot me a message, be more than happy to walk you through uh, the different options that are available, what I personally use on a regular basis, such as the greens formula, the microfactor, which is your multivitamins, etc. And of course, the omegas, those are kind of my essential three that I take on a daily basis, no matter what, shoot me a message if you have any questions. And also Alpenfuel and Heather's Choice, my go to for the backcountry nutrition guys, Those companies are amazing. Many options for those that are gluten-free like myself. Definitely go check them out as you're stocking up on things for coming up on camping, backpacking, and then eventually hunting season. Black Ovis, if you're looking for some great equipment uh, from backpacks to glassing equipment to tripods to boots, it's all there at Black Ovis. Definitely go check them out. The link down below. All in digiscoping, the best digiscoping on the market. Today, actually, we did a giveaway with them. Really appreciative of them doing the giveaway with me uh, so that I can give a system out to you guys. Best digiscoping system on the market. If you're in the market, go check them out. Links down below. Use code REDBEARD to save some money. A3 Archery Bowstrings. Best bowstrings on the market. That's all I got to say. Got questions? Shoot me a message. Cryptech. Kestrel Glassing Systems. Quattro Archery. Absolute Aid CBD, and of course, Affect Beard Oil, keeping my beard fresh, not itchy, and smelling good for those date nights. I get to shape it up a little bit with the beard butter, and the recently launched Beard Wash, my favorite of all time. I've tried quite a few of them. This one is hands down my favorite, so definitely go check those options out, guys. Use code REDBEARD10 to save some money over at Affect Beard Oil. Now, Let's get into this conversation. First off, I want to give an introduction here to Aaron. Uh, He's an awesome individual. He's a gear junkie like myself, and that's how I found him. He then hooked me with the fact that he has a family. On top of that, he's a ginger like myself. He loves 
again, he loves gear. He loves camping. He loves backpacking. He loves knives. He loves everything that goes into the outdoors. He is a faith-driven man, and he loves his family. If that doesn't tell you right there how awesome he is, well, after this conversation, you're going to be really impressed with the kind of man that he is. Uh, They also just recently spent, I think it was 13 months, he'll correct me uh, in the podcast if that's the wrong amount of time, but I want to say 13 months in an RV with young children traveling the U.S. So this is an awesome conversation. I'm stoked to share with you guys. And here, without further ado, is Aaron Malone with Gideon's Tactical. Everyone, and welcome back to the Red Beard Outdoors podcast. Today, I've got an amazing guest for you, Aaron Malone, and he works with basically start or he did start Gideon's Tactical. Um, I came across Aaron's page back when I was going through my knife nerdiness days and uh, just going through a bunch of knives and wanted to find good reviews. And he does great reviews, but that's not the only thing that he does. Uh, Aaron, I'll let you introduce yourself. And uh, who are you in a nutshell? Hey, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to hang out with you and your audience today. Um, Who am I in a nutshell? Wow. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a father. um, And I would say a small business owner um, and just an outdoors lover. I just love the outdoors. Um, I love the gear that gets us in the outdoors. um, And that's some of my best memories, some of the um, best connections I've had with people, um, you know, with God are in the outdoors. So I, I just love it. And um, the fact that currently I'm able to do that full time is amazing. So that's, I guess, in a nutshell, who I am. That's that's awesome, man. I, you know, to be honest with you, and uh, it just it blows me away seeing what you're able to do um, with something as simple as your passion of the outdoors. And if you're a lot like me, you go a lot more in depth with knives, but uh, you're, you're definitely a gear nerd and gear junkie. You like to, to rotate through stuff and find the best equipment that works in different scenarios. You like bushcraft knives, you like EDC knives, you like uh, hunting knives. Like you've got all the different You've got hatchets basically that are knives, you know, just so many things that you go through. Um, I remember when I first started uh, following you, I want to say you were working in a ministry um, mm-hmm. and you had a you had an official nine to five and that was kind of your side gig. And now you've gone on right. to, uh, you know, make this a full time thing along with having traveled with your kids, which in and of itself, we've chatted throughout that. That's a huge deal. <laughs> you guys right. overcame a lot of a lot of things with that as well. And uh, now you're back in a, a set location and uh, you're cranking out even more videos than before. And it's just awesome uh, to see everything that you're doing. But I guess to start off, um, what got you started down the path of, of Gear Junkie? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> uh, I currently live in Colorado. Uh, like you stated, we traveled for 13 months in an RV, went to 26 states in that time frame all throughout the country. It was amazing. We can, I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. But uh, was born in California, San Diego, moved to Colorado when I was nine. And basically, it's been my home. And so growing up, my dad was really in the outdoors, did a lot of backpacking. And then we would do family camping, day hikes. Um, wasn't really into hunting, but in fishing. Um, but when it came to like outdoor adventures, it was something that was just part of our family dynamic all growing up. 
And then like a lot of people, you know, in your late teens, early twenties, you're doing a lot more just hanging out with friends, you know, just doing a lot of like social activities that for me just didn't have a lot to do with the outdoors for a while. And I kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say I lost the love of it. I just, um, it went dormant for a while, I guess. And then, um, in my early twenties, I met my wife and we started dating and now I had someone who could go with me and like, you know, we were planning on getting married. So it's like, all right, we're going to start like camping together and doing activities together. And so for me, it was, I just wanted to get like a good pocket knife. I'd had a pocket knife for probably six years. I knew it wasn't very good. You know, just this kind of, I think it was a CRKT or something like that. Um, and I remember talking to a friend, I'm like, yeah, I need to like research it. And he's like, we'll go to YouTube. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, there's all kinds of guys, you know, out there doing like whole channels. I'm like, aren't, isn't YouTube for like cat videos and stuff? I mean, this is over a decade ago. Um, is kind of how YouTube was a lot back then. It was just kind of like short, goofy viral video type of, you know, stuff. And he's like, no man, there's like people doing channels that, you know, every week they're putting up a new video and they're testing out gear and like, you, you love it. So I, I just dove in and just went down the rabbit hole for like two months, just watching <laughs> gear reviews, you know, to find out like, what's the best, you know, knife for camping, what's the best tent, what's the best backpack, you know, instead of just going to the store and just guessing, throwing a dart, you know, at the wall and hoping that, that you know, item is going to, you know, serve you well. And then, uh, after a few months of doing that, um, I'd had some, uh, nothing professional, but just had the opportunity to edit and work with cameras and stuff at my church, uh, and make, you know, small videos and promotional stuff for that. So I had a rudimentary understanding of editing and, you know, camera work. And I'm like, well, and I live in the Rocky mountains, this is a great place to use and test gear. I want to do this with my wife, eventually my family, let's just get out there and let's just like test out some stuff. And so I started, I just, with an iPhone three, we were just talking before we started recording about iPhones and stuff, an iPhone three mic and camera, uh, started a YouTube channel, uh, just over a decade ago with no goal, no plan. No, it was just like a, a, a reason to get me outdoors. It was like, if I have this channel, it'll force me on Friday or Saturday when maybe I just want to veg out and watch a movie or something. No, I need to get out there and like make a video. So I'll get up in the mountains this weekend, you know? So it gave me like a goal um, and people started watching and people started subscribing. I didn't even know you could make money on YouTube, you know? And like after a couple <laughs> months, Google sends me, you know, my first check. I'm like, what? How is this even like, what is this thing? You know, it became a, a hobby that paid for itself, then became a side business and is now currently my career. Exactly. Yeah, that's so cool. And I, again, I, I love seeing the growth. Um, I, it's hard to find people that aren't, uh, necessarily sold, um, on YouTube sometimes. And you were one of those people that stood out to me that you, you genuinely just enjoyed the knives and you, mm -hmm. you created your own test, um, which I think is cool too. You've kind of standardized and become a little bit more scientific about it to where you can test certain knives in different situations that you would want to use them for, um, you know, between seatbelt cutting, uh, cutting cardboard, uh, rubber cutting, other things that you do on a regular basis and, and uh, you would use that knife for, I think is a pretty cool test that you've come up with over the years. And um, and then on top of that, you know, you you brought your family along for the ride and you found ways to involve them in your business and to, to have them, you know, be a part of that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this trip that you went on for 13 months. I can't believe it was 13 months. It seemed a lot shorter than that, but uh, yeah. I guess it was a little over a year. So you guys decided to take your two little kids, which how old are they again? Uh, at the time they were, uh, they were about to turn three and five. 
There you go. So a three and a five yeah. year old in an RV for 13 <laughs> yes. months traveling across the country. That in and of itself is a feat. Uh, but you guys did some amazing things. I guess kind of run us down. First of all, why did you do it? Yeah. And then uh, maybe some of the highlights of that trip for you. Sure, sure. So um, to rewind just a little bit, uh, as you had stated, you know, and as, as I had stated, this was a hobby, then a part-time thing, and then a full-time thing. And uh, in my early 20s, I became a pastor. I was a youth pastor at the church that I had grown up at, and then I became an associate pastor and really felt like that was my calling for that season of my life. Loved it. And just on the side, I was doing the YouTube channel just in my free time, basically. And so um, there came a point, uh, probably... It was probably, gosh, years or so, you know, interesting uh, now. Oh, my thing went off here. Give me one second with my lighting if I can. Oh, you're good. My light There's just always died. tech issues. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, my little studio light just died for no reason. All right. Um, I think I'll just have to go like this, so I apologize. You're good. No um, worries. You're good. Yeah, so... Uh, it was pr- the early 2020 that we knew that there was something changing in our lives and just that our season at that church um, and me being a pastor there was going to change. We just, my wife and I just knew it. We didn't know what that meant. Does that mean I'm just going to go work for another church? Does that mean that I should step down and just go get another job? Should I just try to commit full time to YouTube? Um, and in that process, uh, you know, the pandemic hits and shutdowns and everything else. And uh, we'd always talked about, like when we retired getting an RV and traveling. And uh, I just really felt one evening, we hadn't really talked about it um, in 2020, I believe it was 2020. And I, I, I said to my wife, I said, what would you say if I just stepped down from my pastor's job? Uh, we relied fully on YouTube and we rented out the house, we bought an RV and we just traveled the country for a year and saw what happened. And my wife looks at me and if I don't know about how your wife is, but most women like some level of like stability, particularly if they have children. It's one thing if they don't have children. If they have two little kids, mm-hmm. they like stability. They like consistency. My wife looks at me and she says, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. <laughs> and so I'm kind of, <laughs> I wasn't really expecting that answer. You know, I was kind of like, well, I'll throw this dream out there and see what she said. And uh, she responded. Yeah, you're sitting back. So, you're sitting back. Like, uh, you know, oh man, I've been brainstorming this for a year or like a month trying right. to figure out how to present this to you and right. you're just on board with it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it was a month. It was probably like two weeks. I just kind of been thinking about it. Um, and, st- and we had camped, you know, like we had taken the kids out on their first camping trip earlier that summer and knew they're like, well, we probably need to get something like tenting, tent camping is kind of rough with the little kids and stuff. Um, but anyway, so, uh, uh, we talked, you know, we unpacked that for a couple of weeks, you know, we didn't just like, okay, well, that's the answer. You know, we really were like, all right, well, let's sleep on it. Let's think about it. How would that work? What would that look like? Should we sell the house? You know, you know, should we rent the house? Um, can we really live off of, you know, a YouTube salary? We're going to like cut our salary in half. Basically our, our yearly income is going to you know drop by about half. Is that really you know doable? Um, and we just felt like it was the right decision. We had peace about it over and over again. And so um, we decided to do that. And it took us about six months to get ready to do that. Literally sold or got rid of everything in our house outside of what could fit in an eight by 10 foot shed. So all of our furniture, um, most of the kids, you know, toys, like everything was either sold, given away or trashed. Um, sold our both of our vehicles, bought a truck. I did not, I never owned a truck before I towed vehicles in my previous jobs. 
I worked for an oil company for two years and I'd done some landscaping prior to being a pastor. So I had towed um, large trailers, but I, my family wasn't in RVing as a kid, like never owned an RV, RV before. So didn't know what that was like, what that would entail. So this was all like, we're going to learn this together and same with my wife. She hadn't, I think they had had like a little pop-up <laughs> camper or something like when they were kids or something like that. So we decided to do that. And, um, in June of 2021, yep. Uh, I'm just trying to get all my numbers, right. It, we set out and packed up the kids, our dog and, and trusted our home to somebody else and had a buddy who watched it. And that helped somebody that was like a property manager was a friend of mine. Um, and yeah, went, Went through 26 states, as you asked, uh, some highlights, man, there, there was a lot, uh, I'll try to condense super quick. Um, people maybe who are, and I'm happy to answer if you have uh, any questions about like, what, what are some of the risks with that, you know, stuff that we could talk about and unpack, but probably if you're just thinking of places to go, maybe you haven't traveled a whole lot, people who are listening, um, some great states to visit Idaho. I loved Idaho. We spent 40 days in that state and it was amazing. Went from, the Canadian border all the way through it. Uh, Northern Idaho, especially is just gorgeous. Um, and, uh, had a lot of good, good memories there. Um, and, uh, Montana, we went to a hot spring there in Montana where they had like a resort and just like found it kind of in the middle of nowhere. So that, that was really fun. Um, and, uh, I'm just, man, I'm just, there's so many, places. I, I would just say uh, probably the best beach we went to, and we went to a lot of beaches from Florida to Texas to the East Coast. Um, probably the best beach was in Alabama. So that was really interesting. <laughs> I think mm. it's, uh, yeah. I think, it, I think it's called uh, Orange Beach, I think. Anyway, um, okay. in Alabama was just beautiful. And uh, it, it was, it was a really amazing experience. South Dakota, I, I could go on and on, but uh I'm sure we'll find, we'll unpack some more as we go, but yeah, it, it was, it was amazing. It was life-changing, honestly. Yeah, no, for sure. I can imagine. Um, you know, that, that's a big, uh, ask first of all of any spouse and the fact that she was so on board with it. I mean, that just speaks to, um, the kind of woman that you married mm-hmm. and, and that, that she knew what she was getting into, uh, in a way, obviously she didn't think, you know, years down the line, you guys would take your two small kids and, uh, and go on an RV trip for a, a little over a year, but, um, all in the same, you know, from what I gather and what it seems like on social media. And, and I think we've talked about this a little bit, your wife seems to be one of the people that likes to work behind the scenes mm-hmm. and enjoy adventure, but not be the, the spotlight and isn't necessarily the, uh, the, the spokesman or like likes to be uh, boisterous in a way. Right. Um, so I don't know, like just, just the fact that she was willing to do that. I think that just, that speaks volumes to, to your marriage, yeah. but also to who she is. Yeah. Well, and that you can't, you couldn't, anyone who's listening, who maybe is thinking about doing that themselves, you can't do that unless you both are on the same page. If one person is like, Oh, let's do this. And the other person's like, okay, let's give it a shot. Like you both have to be fully committed, particularly mm-hmm. to something of that extent to be willing to go through all of the highs and all of the lows and work together, you know, and not just be like, all right, well, you're going to do everything and I'll just enjoy this, you know, your long vacation or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. or however long you're going to go for. Um, and so it really does have to be something that you're willing to do together and that you are equally committed to, to, to shoulder the burden. If you think of like a, a yoke of oxen, you know, it's like you got to mm-hmm. both be ready to pull and do what is required and have the goal of like, we're going to accomplish this. We're going to get it done together. 
Um, we're not going to give up, you know, and if we're going to, you know, stop this, it's going to be something we're going to agree to together, you know? Um, and she was willing to do that. Yeah. She, very, I, I feel very few people, um, you know, can f- find that spouse that is willing to do that and is willing to partner together like that. Cause I can put a lot of pressure on a marriage as well, doing, you know, what we did, particularly with little kids. No, for sure. You know, there's so many things that people don't think about, like your rainy days when you're not able to get out and enjoy where you're at. Uh, you know, the, the times where maybe it's a little bit tighter, um, especially with you guys relying on YouTube, like that's, that is about as inconsistent as you can get. (laughs) So, uh, you know, the fact that (laughs) exactly. So the fact that you're willing to work together through that, um, that that's a big deal for sure. Uh, and, and it's probably, I mean, it was almost a test I imagine to, uh, uh, for you guys, you know, to see how, what you're, what you could go through. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it definitely taught us the value, not only of each other and just what, you know, we had, cause I think sometimes, and, and that's part of what I discovered and part of the reason why we wanted to do that, or at least I wanted to do that. I know for sure. My wife likes adventure. Um, her whole family's back in Pennsylvania. She was willing at a young age, or like mm. right out of high, uh, excuse me, out of college to leave all of that, to move to Denver for a job, you know, so she had no friends, no family out here. And she, you know, just, and none of her family have really done that. Um, they're all back in the same town that she grew up in basically, or within, you know, 30 minutes of it. Um, and so, uh, her willingness to have, to, to do that, but also to, for me, I was, I was realizing that my identity was much more wrapped up in what I did than in what really matters, which is my wife and my kids. Um, Mm -hmm. and I I remember, uh, and this is really when it kind of like hit me hard. Somebody, this is back when I was YouTube and pastor and everything else. Somebody asked me, you know, I was meeting someone new and they're like, okay, so what do you do? And I, for like five minutes, I talked about my ministry and what I did for ministry and my YouTube stuff. And they're like, okay, well, are you married and have kids? And I'm like, uh, yes. You know, that wasn't even mentioned for like the first five minutes of like my identity and who I was introducing myself. And I'm like, this is not healthy. This is not good. Something needs to change. And then being the, almost the extreme on the opposite end. Now for a year, we are all that there is the four of us, you mm-hmm. know, together, but it really recentered the, and taught me for sure. The, the, to put a higher value, you know, on your, your wife, your family, your kids, you know, than I had had before. No, for sure. Yeah, definitely. That, that would, that would definitely bring you closer. And that's something that, uh, you know, I've, I personally have worked on, uh, over this last year and I'm continuing it into this year as well here in 2023, which just, uh, being more present and, uh, not being so wrapped up. Like it, it, it's hard to, when you've got any kind of presence on social media, whether that be YouTube, uh, podcast, Instagram, whatever, it's hard to not get wrapped up in those things. And it could be necessarily not necessarily for the wrong things. Cause you want to, you're doing it to make money for your family. And cause it's a passion of yours and to share that knowledge with other people. So those aren't necessarily bad things, but when it takes over, like I've, you know, when people ask me questions or when people reach out to me about the podcast or this or that or the other, and I'm sitting there answering questions that's taking time from my family. And so I've been working a lot on the whole time blocking thing and making sure that, Hey, you know, the people on social media, yes, they've got good questions. Yes. They're valuable people, but at the same time, the people right here in front of me are what's most important. And so I can see how, 
uh, you know, going on that trip for a little over a year with just your family. I mean, there is no, there are, there are no guys days, you know, the guys nights out or girls nights out for your wife or, uh, breaks from your kids. Like there's, there is none of that. There's no, right. you can drop them off at grandparents and go on a date with your wife. Like, you know, th- that's that. I don't know. Like thinking about that, that's, <laughs> that's a little overwhelming right. because yeah. my wife and I look forward to our specific date night. So I guess, how, how did you guys, now that I'm thinking about it, how did you guys find time for just you and your spouse um, having the kids there and then being little that you can't leave them in the RV like you could, a, you know, an older teenager and a, sure. a young adult? Yeah. Um, and even juggling our dog, too. That was definitely tricky having a dog, That's right. you know, and um, I know you, you either have had an RV or you, were, you know, you do some of that stuff. Um, power is very inconsistent, you know, sometimes at RV parks and that that fear of like, okay, it's really hot. Is the AC going to stay on, you know, different things like that. Um, to answer that question. And I would be curious to, for you, um, as well, I have a question for you about that time blocking. Cause that is true. It's even anytime you run a YouTube channel, Instagram, all as whatever social media, if you're involved in that more than just an observer and you're a content creator of any kind, you and me both, um, it is it, it can become a 24 hour thing and bleed mm-hmm. into every aspect of life. So, um, I'll be curious in a moment. I want to hear from you what you're, what you do for that. But for on the, on the trip specifically, there's, there's kind of a two part to that of how we found time for ourselves. So part of that would be on travel days, you know, um, the kids oftentimes would be watching a movie or something on their tablets in the back seat, and we'd be driving for four or five hours and it's my wife and I in the front seat. And so we would have time just to talk, you know, discuss, you know, future plans, um, sometimes just sit and be in each other's presence while we're driving, you know, listen to a, a podcast together or whatever. So that was definitely sometimes, even though the kids were in the back seat, <clears throat> those long extended periods um, gave us opportunities to connect. Uh, and then uh, honestly, it was mainly just when the kids went to bed, you know, thankfully, because we were traveling all the time and seeing different places, uh, I think the average was a week, seven days was the average that we stayed in a place before we moved on to somewhere else. Sometimes it'd be two weeks, but for the most part, we'd stay somewhere about a week and then we're going to drive, you know, uh, 400, 500 miles to get to the next spot. Yeah. Um, and so you have these new places and that's the beauty of RVing, particularly if you can get into more secluded areas is that you can put the kids to bed at seven thirty or eight, and then you can go step outside and there's there, there's the stars, you know, when you're at a campsite and you can sit there with your spouse and, you know, just be, be with each other. Um, so that's not to say that we didn't miss, you know, being alone. Sometimes there were absolutely days yeah. where it was just like, you know, um, but that, <laughs> that definitely helped a lot to have that opportunity to be like, cool, the kids are in bed and now we can go spend two hours outdoors if we want to, and just like be around a campfire together, you know, and they're, 20 feet from us, but it's almost like they're a world away and we're a world away. And so that helped a lot. And then on the flip side, and and I realized it actually when we got back, um, just through happenstance and whatever, I have family that could watch our children back here uh, in Colorado. But um, my birthday was a few months ago. And, you know, my wife and I usually in the past get babysitters or drop them off at, you know, relatives or whatever. And then she and I have mm-hmm. a date night for, for that as well as throughout the year. But like, that's kind of like a, a special thing and people weren't available and we, we just couldn't find a babysitter. Right. So it was the four of us again, going 
out to like my birthday dinner. Right. And so at first I was kind of resentful of that. I was like, I've been doing this for a freaking year in the RV and we're just like back and it just didn't work out. And so I was kind of not, yeah. I mean, resentful would be the word, I guess. It just kind of irritated, you know, like, why are my kids here? I wish I could have my wife and I, and that might sound kind of selfish, but when you've been with them consistently with no break, basically almost for a whole year, um, I'm sure you probably can start to understand, Oh yeah. but then, but then I realized, and this is what kind of dawned on me and it changed my whole attitude towards that is, you know, my boys are already now six and four and my oldest boy in 10 years is going to be 16 years old, driving, doing whatever he wants. And I remember being 16 and being like any chance I got to be away from my family. I looked for that to hang out with friends and go do other stuff and be independent. There is going to come a day in about 10 years where if I invited them to a birthday dinner with me and my wife, they'd, they'd be like, oh, all right, fine, dad. Okay. So how long <laughs> is this going to take? Uh, Cause we have like, we're going to go see a movie after your dinner, you know, like kind of thing and mm-hmm. not want to be around me. And then in a, in a couple more years, they'll be on their own. And so I have a very, my wife and I have a very limited window. And so to, instead of resenting that, to cherish that, because before we know it, and I'm sure you, cause you have kids, you experience this and you're like, man, I'm going to turn around and, and I'm already turning around. They're different than they were six months mm-hmm. ago or a year ago. And there will be a day where it's just my wife and I for years with them not around anymore um, and not participating on the level that they are right now. So it, even at that meal, I told my wife this, what I'm sharing with you in the drive back home. And she was like, yeah, you're right. You know, and it just really kind of like helped my perspective um, with having the children around more than maybe I was used to prior to us going on this RV trip. All right, brief interruption here, guys. Just wanted to remind you that you are invited to join Redbeard's Fit Crew. <clears throat> What's Redbeard's Fit Crew? Well, it's a great group of individuals that are like-minded, love the outdoors, want to pursue different passions, everything from archery to fitness to hiking to biking to camping, all of those things. Together, we're going to accomplish that here in 2023. Come join us over at Facebook or on Facebook at Redbeard's Fit Crew. And also, you're invited to join First Form Outdoors Facebook group. Both of the links are down below, guys, or you can just go look them up on Facebook. Either way, uh, let them know Redbeard sent you over at First Form Outdoors and, of course, in Redbeard's Fit Crew. I'll know who sent you. All right, now let's get back to this great conversation I'm having here with Aaron Malone, Gideon's Tactical. Yep. No, I definitely hear that. And there's nothing wrong with saying that, you know, that you've got – resentment or, or a little bit of a, a I don't want to say a- anger but more frustration with you know you're like I've been dad all day I need time to be a husband I need time right. with my best friend you know right. and uh and that's that's two different roles I know there's a lot of a lot of people out there that say you need to be friends with your kids I disagree with that 100% like I I want to be but um I, in all honesty I'm here to teach you to be the best citizen that you can be best version of you that you can be and, and being a, a teacher all day is, is hard on you. And then, yeah. you know, wanting to go out and celebrate. Yes, you love your kids, but you also want to, it's, it's kind of a constant stressor on your brain um, mm-hmm. between, I mean, your roles are basically teacher, babysitter, like all of these things to these little humans all combined into one role of being a dad. 
And, and it's a constant stress. You're worried about their well-being. You're worried about, are they entertained? Am I giving them too much screen time? Are they reading at the right level? Are they above level? Like all these things going through your yeah. head on a constant basis. So when you get that moment that you were thinking, even subconsciously, I'm going to have a moment alone with my wife uh, and you didn't get that, that can be, you know, you may not understand why you're feeling that at the moment, but breaking it down, it's like, well, it's because I've been dad all day. I want to be right with my best friend, you know? Right. And so I totally get that. I've been there and uh, it's, it's definitely something that I would imagine most good dads would understand. And I say good dad, because you are constantly worried about your kids, whether consciously or unconsciously, you're worried about their well being, And right. so that, that constant stressor, you want to have a break from that every once in a while. So that's why I asked, yeah. but I, I love that, um, you know, that you guys found time when the kids were down you guys didn't just plug on a, a movie every time you would go outside, you'd spend dedicated time with each other. You're in the car. Uh, you know, you're spending those conversations with each other. The kids have their iPad, so they're distracted and you're able to have that, uh, that time with your wife. That's definitely crucial. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it is just going out and, and, and sitting down and not having the kids, or even if the kids are in another room, you know, um, being able to have a moment with, with your spouse, uh, something else that, my wife just gifted us because, you know, as, as you get as you get more into your marriage, you realize that each of you kind of buy your own things throughout the year. And oh, uh, totally. I'm a, I'm terrible and, and hard to to buy gifts for. I'll, you know, people always Dude, ask I'm, I'm like, look, yeah, I, I totally I'm like I, like, buy, I, have I buy everything or it's sent to me or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, look, I've got these things lined up for the next year. So if you want to get a gift card for here, like that would be great. Sure. And my wife's like, that's not very thoughtful. I'm like, well, I'd. I don't need anything, <laughs> right. uh, but you know, she got us a, a gift of, um, dancing, uh, nice. was it online classes, uh, for oh, okay. line dance or swing dancing. And so you're able to log yeah. in whenever you're able to practice in your room. You're able to practice in the living room. You're able to, if we're on vacation, like we're going to, to Mexico this week, um, we're able to pull that up when we get back to the hotel, we can spend five, 10, 15 minutes just dancing. That's something she absolutely loves. And for me, I'm kind of like, eh, but I get to spend time with you. So I enjoy right. it, you know, um, that, cool those idea. are little like things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've, we've done a couple dance classes, but the good studios are a little bit of a drive, um, from us. And so for her to find that where we can spend the, you know, five to 15 minutes every night or every couple nights, um, together, it's just, uh, it, you know, the kids, you can still hear them downstairs, but we've got our room closed and we've got, we let them know, Hey, we're going to be dancing. Don't right. interrupt us. <laughs> and we have our, yeah, yeah, exactly. We have our 10 <laughs> to 15 minutes alone. So that's, you know, that's a lot of fun, but, uh, right. um, that's cool that you guys were able to find time for each other. Yeah. And now, I, I do want to ask, I, I heard this oh, quote before we, just before we leave the kid thing, I heard, mm-hmm. and it, and I've been really musing on it on how do I create this? Um, because thankfully my wife and I are both blessed that we enjoy our parents, company. Mm. You know, I, I still, to this day, um, go regularly backpacking on backpacking trips with my dad. Um, he's the one that usually plans them and I love it. And, uh, you know, we usually take a few guys and, you know, he's sometimes the life of the party and it's fun. And, you know, we just celebrated Christmas. I enjoy going over there. There's, you know, of course there's always tension with your parents in the small mm-hmm. ways, but overall I'm like, I enjoy being around my parents, visiting, you know, hearing their perspective on life, you know, that type of stuff and vice versa. And I heard someone say, an older gentleman, 
say you want to create a life for your children that they want to visit you when you're old. That it's not an obligation for them. Oh, roll your eyes. All right, we got to go see mom and dad. Let's go. I know it's going to suck. Let's go for a few days and get out of here. You know, that they respect you, but also um, Mm -hmm. enjoy that company, you know, with you. And so trying to find that balance and trying to discover what that is so that when my boys are 30, you know, and my wife and I are in our 60s, they will want to come visit us. They will want to hear what we have to say and not just be rolling their eyes, you know, and, and enjoy being in our presence <laughs> and, and vice versa. And so I, I hope that that's maybe just a thought and a, a thought provoking thing for the audience or people listening, you know, to, to consider that and go, what am I doing to create a life that my children respect? And again, like you said, I totally agree. They're not, to, I am not to be their friend. They can have friends. They will, they will have their friends. I, I am their parent and I have roles to mm-hmm. fulfill um, that are much more important than just being their pal. Um, but that they enjoy my company in 30 years. And I want to create that. And I don't have the answers on how I do all that, but, but that's the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. And there's, there's going to be, there's always rough times, you know, we've got the spectrum from uh, six all the way up to 22, you know, as far as our kids are concerned. And so uh, it's, it's pretty significant and seeing the different stages that each one of them are in. And there's some of them that are homebodies. And there's some of them that want to get out and do things, but they still enjoy coming back uh, to see us, which is, which is awesome. Um, And so, you know, I I would agree with you as far as that's concerned, there's that level of respect, but you should uh, generally, like for me, I enjoy speaking to my dad on a regular basis. He's not necessarily into backpacking and all that like me, um, because he was a Marine. He's like, dude, I've done all that stuff. I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I broke my body. uh, But he enjoys camping. Exactly. Exactly. He's like, you know, but he got me into camping. He went through scouts with me. And so there was some fun while I was learning, but the, the, the fun portion was becoming a better version of me. And so now when I have accomplishments, even though he's in Florida and we're in Utah, um, I'll call him and say, Hey dad, I know you don't know anything about podcasts or, you know, all this stuff like analytics, but I just hit this big number and I want to share with you because there's very few people that I can share these accomplishments with without uh, sounding cocky or arrogant. Uh-huh. Like this is a big uh-huh. deal for me. And and so those kind of things are what I want to build for my kids so that when they've accomplished something like my my 15 year old, uh, he just built a game. He's all into coding. Right. Nice. And uh, and he just built a game. I can't remember what the game's called, but it's like a where you have to type out your actions and then it mm. spits out. It's like a story that you go through. There's no like actual pictures, but you have to type out the actions to go through different rooms and do different things. And uh, and and there's different like variations of if you choose this versus that. And he shared that with me. He was like, Dad, can you play this? I'm like, I, I'm going to look stupid, but sure. <laughs> you know, right, right. and uh and, and just encouraging that growth, yeah. you can have fun 100%, but it's also that encouragement of, you know, this is something that's important to them. And I can see a future in, in his case with coding and having good, uh, it understanding for the right. future. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so I guess you, you had a question for me about, um, yeah. time blocking. What was your yeah, question? Yes. So that's something that as going back to, uh, to that concept of e- it's easy just to have your phone on you and you're constantly checking things. Cause there's also that dopamine hit of like, Oh, 
oh man, the podcast got this many views today, like, or listens, that's amazing. Or, oh, that post did really well. Or, oh man, that post is bombing, Uh, you know, and then they're all depressed or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, What can I do to fix it? You know, Um, and my wife and I, we decided for, because New New Year's resolutions are bogus, but uh, goals for the new year um, of doing that and being, and particularly around like the dinner hour to like the children go to bed. And for us both, cause she'll be on her phone doing other things. And I'm often for social, it's easy for me to say I'm working all the time, even though I'm not necessarily working on, <laughs> you know, um, right. yeah. but, uh, putting the phones away for those three hours from, let's say five to eight when the kids go to bed, you know, put the ringers on so we can hear if somebody calls, but put them up in the room. And not in our pockets, not at the table, not after dinner, you know, and uh, we've done that for a few days. And it's very, we are like, wow, this is like so refreshing to not have our phones on us so much more present with the kids around bedtime, you know, just all, all of that. So I was just curious what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. I'm curious what you're doing to help manage that better. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So as far as, uh, you know, time blocking is concerned, I'm not the best at it. I'm still learning. So what I've done is I just ordered a little planner that is like a tearaway sheet because mm-hmm. I didn't want the spiral bound, but I want something. So I have a I have a little book that I carry around um, with me and I put it's my power list. So I learned that from Andy Frisella, if anyone knows mm-hmm. about who Andy Frisella is. But um, he did the MFCO project. Now he does uh, Real AF podcast and he's the uh, CEO of First Form. And, uh, and he talks about having five critical tasks that you do every single day. And so they're tasks, they're not goals. So you have your goals, but five actionable items that are you're in charge of in today, that's going to get you closer to those goals. Once you've got those five done, you can go goof off. If you get them done by noon, great. You've accomplished what you need to, whether that be in your financial goals, your, you know, in our case, uh, content goals, business goals, whatever, And then you can go have the rest of the day and not even worry about it. So that's a big thing for me is I've got the, the critical task list that I do every single morning, but, um, I agree with you on the, the social media aspect. It can get hard to not want to answer those people because you're providing value. Um, when you're going through, you're getting ideas, you're, you're looking at reels and figuring out what audios you want to use, things like that. So it's, it's all business related, but you're still getting those, those dopamine hits. And so something that I've, I've said is I'm just going to time block when I'm allowed to create reels. And when I am creating reels, I have that set amount of time, right? Or when I'm editing a podcast, I'm blocking that time into my day and it's not going to feed into or eat into family time. And so I have a nine to five. And so it may be that my lunch break is now that, you know? Um, And so those kind of things for me, it's, I noticed that in the morning, like my routine is I get up, you know, use the restroom, whatever, say my prayers. And then I listen to a chapter of scriptures every single day. Now, um, after that, I've noticed that I was kind of getting in the routine of making my reel for the day, Mm. but I get wrapped up in answering messages and all this other stuff. And before I know it, there's an hour of my day and, and I was getting sick of that. So this morning, um, going back to new year's resolutions, which I agree with you, um, you know, it's something that you want to continue on, right? I, I take my life in quarters. So three months at a time. Yeah. I just did my after action review, whatever you want to call it of the last three, three months and what I'm going to do for the next three months of my life. And, and so one of them is having that set amount of time that I am on social media, whether that mm-hmm. be 
editing or creating a reel or, you know, going in and answering messages. I need to stop being available 24 seven and just set a time that I'm in there. And other than that, it's not important because the people that genuinely, I don't want to say matter to me, but uh, have emergencies, I guess yeah. would be it. P- people that genuinely have emergency questions or needs of me have my direct phone number and they can call me. So and right. I'm, I'm just getting back to that mindset of things. But yeah, just having those blocks of time and just holding yourself to it with whether that be your own screen time, which and I set screen time for my kids. So having an alarm go off on my phone saying, hey, you've been on this for an hour and just shutting it off, uh-huh. being able to, to step away from that. It's not necessarily easy because, again, you're in that habit of you pull up your phone, you got a free minute, you're opening it up and you're answering two messages, whatever. But that's also being very inefficient. Um, I've noticed that I've become less efficient with my time because that time is that those little free moments that I should be able to clear my head and move on to the next task are being filled with answering messages and and getting back to people that way. So that's what I'm doing moving forward um, and that I've noticed that's worked for me in the past. Yeah. And it's just funny that you say free moments because I've, I've realized that I'm sure we, we are all, I know I am guilty of you're in line waiting for something and there's like three minutes before you're, you know, you're at the post office mailing something or whatever, um, you know, that, that sh- pull out the phone mm-hmm. was the, it was the very first thing mm-hmm. that we do now, you know, you're waiting to place an order in line, you know, at the restaurant, yep. you're, pull, you're on, you know, that's just like what we do. And mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe we were made that way. I don't believe we were supposed to be that way. And the, and we now in the 21st century have the ability to never be alone with our own thoughts. And, and I, I don't think that that is a healthy way to live because it's not, it's exactly. not allowing you to be introspective. It's not allowing to really take weight of like your life, what you're doing, um, and that doesn't mean you're gonna have an epiphany for three minutes waiting to order your Chipotle or whatever, you know, but, but you may, you may, you know, and mm-hmm. trying to, <laughs> and it's scary because I know some, you know, you, the negative thoughts are easy to come, you know, you're like, I don't want to think about that. So I'm just going to fill my mind with stuff that like, I, it's always busy. It's always moving. It's always going. So it doesn't dwell, but I think dwelling is something that's important for us. And so. Uh, I'm not perfect at it by any means, but I've, I have consciously in the last couple of years tried to, if I know that I don't need my phone on me for a particular thing, like sometimes like when I go to return something to Amazon, you know, you got to show the UPS guys or whatever mm-hmm. your little scanner. But if I, if I know, okay, I'm going to go order a meal and I don't need my phone to do anything for that. I'm purposely just going to leave it in the truck. So I just have to stand here in this line and like, look at people and like, just think about <laughs> something. Think about that conversation yeah. I had with my wife and, you know, how I put my foot in my mouth and I knew apologize or what she said. <laughs> I needed to like really consider what she said, you know, or whatever. And I don't know. That's that's something that I'm trying to do also is even find more time. And I'm hoping obviously with this, you know, block of about three hours that will help as well. That's just literally not on yeah. me. And it's it is freeing, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, uh, you know, something else too, like the other day, um, because I'm in phase three right now, and this is why I love the live hard program so much. It kind of shocks your system every once in a while. And, and part of phase three is you have to have a conversation with a random person, a stranger every single day. And it's not just a hi, how are you? Okay. Bye. It's a legit, like you have to, you have to know their name by the end of the conversation and something substantial. 
how was your Christmas? What are you like getting, getting some actual conversation out of it. And so, you know, in those moments when you're standing in line, I've noticed, cause I have my phone in my pocket now. I'm like, I look around, I'm like, everyone's on their phones. Like everyone's heads down, you know? And I've kind of had the funny thought of like, all of us are going to eventually evolve to where our necks are just naturally curved. Like (laughs) (laughs) we're just looking down all the time. Right. But like, Um, you know, I've had some great conversations just in the last month while I've been standing in line at the grocery store or whatever. And it's weird for people, especially now coming out of the the COVID crap, um, with, with no masks and people seeing smiling faces again, you know, and, and things like that. It's just a, it's something that I try, I almost kind of take pride in is that I'm, I'm the one, I'm the smiling face that people look up from their phones and they see. Uh, and so it's, it's fun to have those random conversations in line, which is what used to happen when you'd stand in the Walmart. I remember as a kid standing in Walmart lines because they have 50 lines, but only three of them are open Right. and, and you're standing there <laughs> and you're standing there. And, and I remember my parents having conversations with the people in front of them about how much it sucked to stand in line and, right, right. and it would graduate into something else, you know, uh, and, and and just the random, like you notice the older people in our society are the ones that generally will come up and comment on, oh, your kids look really cute or right. uh, this, that or the other, uh, because they weren't accustomed to being on their phones when they're out in public. Like that would be considered rude for pretty much any generation before our generation. Right. Um, you know, they, they don't understand that. It'd be like having a newspaper up in front of you while you're walking around everywhere. No one would do that, mm-hmm. you know. So. Anyway, that's just something that I've, I've done as part of the phase three that I'm in. It just has reminded me how much I'm on my phone mm-hmm. and looking, having to actively go out and look for a random act of service and uh, having a random conversation with someone. Um, it, it always sparks my alertness more and I yeah. keep my phone out of my, out of my hands a lot more because I'm, I'm actively looking and scanning for something to do. Uh, to better someone's life. So that's cool. That's something that I've implemented and I'm going to carry on with that. Even when I get done with phase three, because I just, it's a refreshing, like what you said, uh, to not have that phone there and to look up and actually, you know, take in your surroundings. Yeah. But let's see here. So we've talked about your amazing trip. We've talked about your love for knives. Um, yeah. You'd be proud of me. I've probably based on your recommendation, bought too many knives. Nice. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, um, I heard I was so, listening to you. I was listening to you talk about the what is it, Montana Knife Company? Is that right? Yeah, Just Montana recently, Knife right? Company. You did that like two, three years or two, three mm-hmm. weeks ago. Um, and you're and you're yep. happy with those? I haven't I haven't reviewed any of those and used any of them. Oh yeah, I want to get a, get a few. So yeah, um, and a lot of people, a lot of people would say they're pricey, which they are, but they're made out sure. of ball bearing steel. And just the, the backup, like they've got a lifetime warranty. I've seen people that have broken them that sent them in. Um, if you break them, I don't know what the freak you're doing, but you know, like, uh, they're, they're pretty intense. They've got a full lineup and I, I really like them. Those are my fixed blades that I'm going to go with going forward. Um, just because they, I processed over five animals with them and they were still, yeah. yeah, they were still working great. Um, so anyway, I'm going to send them in to get them cleaned up and resharpened, but, uh, yeah, that's definitely, they're, they're a great company. And, the, and sure. they're definitely more like hunting focused, right? They're not really like more for camping and, and wood scrap. They're like for cleaning uh, game is the main purpose of their designs. Correct. Based off of what I've seen. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know. I mean, there there's some that are made more for like fleshing. They've got a big one that's got a, a big swoop in it that's really mm-hmm. good for fleshing out like bears and stuff. Um, but the Speed Goat is a good overall ultralight. I keep it on my shoulder strap whenever I'm backpacking. Um, it's great camp tool. It's it's got the paracord wrapped handle, yep. so it's it's super lightweight. They've got a mini Speed Goat um, that is would be good for EDC if people like to EDC a, a fixed blade. Um, they're just launching that, I think here in a couple of days. And then they've got, they've got some other ones that I think they would work great. And I've seen him, he's done some crazy stuff where he actually took a, not a rubber mallet or a stick, but an actual like metal hammer to the back of one of his knives, putting it through a log hmm. and it didn't mess up the knife. So, um, you could do bushcraft and yeah, you could do bushcraft and stuff with them too, for sure. Cool. Well, yeah, I'll definitely have to check those guys out yeah no for sure uh so i guess my last question here to kind of wrap things up for you um how how do you incorporate faith into the outdoors and your family what are some ways that you incorporate those things now especially now that you're not a, a pastor yeah and it's very easy when you're in ministry to view your personal walk with God, um, you're doing it for work. It's easy for it to, to become that, you know, it's like, okay, I'm reading my, my Bible today so I can preach a message next week. So I got to get something out of this or, (laughs) you know, kind of thing. And it, and it becomes not something for you and your interaction with God, but more as almost like, this is how I, you know, do good at my job. It's very easy. Um, for a pastor and someone who does that as their, you know, vocation to fall into that. And it's a constant battle. So um, when I stepped down from that, it was interesting and not in a bad way, just very different to be like, wow, I'm reading the word to just, to just know God more, to just understand him more, um, you know, and to be in his presence more. And, uh, that, that was really interesting and refreshing. And it's like, I don't have to, I'm just getting this for me, you know, and, and for my interaction with my family and with the people that I encounter today. So, um, that, that's been really interesting just to learn, just to learn that and, you know, being on the road. I mean, we visited a few churches here and there, but I mean, for a year, not after having been in church since I was like six, Till I was like yeah. 36. So for 30 years of my life, it either a weekly activity and or my job to go to like almost nothing it was really interesting um, to experience that. Um, and it, I didn't see any like decrease. I wouldn't like encourage people to do that if they're wanting to know God and, and walk with him to be like, yeah, you, you don't need church. You know, I'm like, oh, bull crap. You actually do. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's very valuable. Um, but it also... Uh, for us not going there, we found other ways to integrate that through regardless if it was just listening to sermons on podcasts while we were driving, um, <clears throat> you know, integrating God more just in our daily, uh, activities, you know, thanking God for, you know, Hey, we made it and we didn't get a flat tire, roll the RV today. Um, <laughs> no, uh, that type of stuff, but, um, integrating faith now with, uh, my boys and, and just in our family as a whole, I mean, my one thing for me is, you know, the the head is the household and for my wife, because um, she's homeschooling our boys, 
is that we, we got to, some people can do it at night. That's great. I've never been that type of person to like spend some time with God. Um, and so for me, it's like, if I don't do that, the very first thing out the door, or, you know, out the gate and when I wake up, it's not going to happen. Um, and so, you know, obviously spending time with him, uh, you know, pr- uh, asking for guidance and, you know, just to be a good father, but, but more than just, it's my thing that I do. And then my boys just live their lives. It's <clears throat> training them and teaching them simple things, you know, not, not being overbearing with it, but like, Hey, what are you thankful for? And helping them think through, like, there's always something to be thankful for. You know, my, my, my son, he's, he, his love language, one of his love languages is gifts. And so, uh, he got like an explosion of gifts for Christmas, but there's like two gifts that were on his <laughs> list that he didn't get. So he's kind of upset about that, you know, and it's like teaching him and being like, okay, well, what are you thankful for? Think of all the things that I listed, like you got this and you got this and you got this and you got this, you know, God blessed you with all of those. And so those are the things you need to be thankful for and focus on not mm-hmm. the one thing that you didn't get the right. one thing going wrong in your life. Um, and that I think that is a big, a big thing is, is it's so easy for us, meaning humanity, humans mm-hmm. to focus on the one or two bad things that aren't going right at the moment. And then feel like that is the vortex of our entire life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, if you just sit there and you just give thanks, think about the things, you know, even, even if you're not religious, obviously having a relationship with Jesus Christ to me is the most important thing and absolutely paramount. But, um, going through regularly, like multiple times a week for me and my wife, it's like, God, thank you for the house that we have. Thank you that we, you know, have the, the food on the table. God, thank you that we get to be together, that I get to, you know, provide enough. So my wife doesn't have to work, you know, and that Mm -hmm. she can homeschool our children, which is a value point for us, you know, like those type of things. Um, and then, um, letting them, the, I, I guess the, the kind of the last thing for them personally, for my boys and for kids is to let them ask questions and let them, um, I think it's very easy for parents to just go, well, that's the way it is. Accept it, you know, like, and not really unpack that, or it is okay that you don't really understand why this happened or, mm-hmm. um, particularly if it you know, involve scripture and God and, you know, good and bad, evil and, you know, good in the world and that type of stuff. And like, well, why would God let this happen? Or, you know, that type of stuff to not, to let them question, help them unpack, help them discover for themselves what that looks like and not, um, force feed is not the right word, but you, you, I, I'm kind of that idea of just, yeah, that's the way it is. And you got to deal with it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it, that it's okay to question and, um, you know, that God will reveal that to you if I don't have the answer and not pretend like I have the answer. If I don't, you know, I don't have all the answers. Exactly. Um, yeah. and I tell them that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I definitely agree with that as well. You know, you definitely, it's a, it's a great way to go through and, and show gratitude. Um, you know, just for whether it be, I mean, there's so many things that can, that can go into a day, especially when you're traveling. Uh, that could go wrong, that if they don't go wrong, it's, sometimes it's it's easy to not give thanks for that or not to realize how how awesome of an opportunity it was that nothing went wrong for the last mm-hmm. month, you know, um, and, and I would agree with that 100%. It's awesome that you're able to highlight that with <coughs> your kids as far as making sure that they uh, understand, you know, to be grateful for the things that they do have and not hyper-focus on the things that they don't. Um, 
you know, and, and when I don't have answers to questions, I love telling my kids like, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know, but let's look it up together or here's where we're going to find it out. And that way that teaches them that I'm not perfect. Cause I also don't want to teach bad habits of, you know, dad never feels bad. Dad is right. never upset. Dad is never, dad is all knowing, you know, I don't want to, I'm, that's not me. Right. So again, going back to what we talked about earlier about showing, you know, teaching that respect, kids respect you so much more. If you sit there and say, dude, I don't know, but I do know how to find out the answer. Let's go find it out. Or, you know, that's a great question. Uh-huh. Never thought of that before. You know, that gives them even boisters them up a little bit. Like, Hey, it's good to ask questions, you know? Um, right. or just, just because like that, I, I hate that answer and I try, right. I can't say I'm a hundred percent perfect at that, but I, I'm dang near close to it because, uh, when I tell kids, like, I just need you to do this right now. But when we get in the car and we're on the drive, I'll explain why, but right now I don't have the time to explain. I just need you to listen right, right, right. now <laughs> and, right. and, but make sure you, of course you follow up with that right. Um, afterwards and let them know. Hey, now here's the answer as to why. So um, just wanted to kind of end on something, a quote that I heard uh, that I think really applies to to us and, and, and what you've talked about here with faith. (coughs) Excuse me. The world is starving for good hearted faith based leaders in men. So I think that's, that would go back to a lot of what you've talked about. And that's why I wanted to ask your opinion because going from pastor to not and how now that that's not a job how have you noticed that difference it's kind of like for me when I was a missionary down in Mexico for two years that was my entire life I didn't get paid to do it but um you know either way it was a job that was all I did for two years was go out and knock doors serve people and then when I came back you're bombarded with all these other things just like you've been you know with social media and everything else that you're dealing with to make sure that your family's taken care of now and, and how do you fit, how do you make sure that you make time for your faith? And so I appreciate your answer on that because yeah. it really is true that the world is starving for good hearted faith-based leaders in men. And I so totally just kind of want to end it there. I, I appreciate your, your time. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks so much. Where on. can people find you if they want to look you up, man? Yeah. Gideon's tactical, all one word. So plural Gideon's tactical. Um, and that's on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. Awesome. And I'll leave the links down below guys. Uh, if you want to nerd out on some knives and other (laughs) gear, if you want to follow what they did for, for a year, you also have, you still got that YouTube up as well. Yeah, That's still up. uh, Live the trek. Yeah. Live the trek. Yep. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll leave all those down below guys. Thanks again so much for being on today, Aaron. I really appreciate your time. And, uh, with that being said, guys, get out, live your life and love it. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. I'm going to leave the link down below so that you can see what Aaron has available, uh, what he's putting out there, the content that he's got. It's just, he's just an amazing man. I really appreciate his friendship and what he does uh, for the gear community, of course, getting you hooked on the gear junkie stuff, but also showing that you can do that, enjoy gear, and also live a life with your kids your wife, and even go travel in an RV. That was such an awesome experience that they had. They learned a lot, and, uh, well, you heard it all just now. So thanks again for tuning in, guys. I really, really appreciate it. If you would, I'm asking, this is how you can support without having to spend any money or anything along those lines. I've had people reach out and ask, you know, if they can't buy a hat, etc. how can they support? 
leave a review. Leave a review down below wherever it is that you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Also, follow the podcast so you're updated whenever there's a new one that drops. And that is extremely helpful. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day and weekend. Spend time with loved ones. Go make some memories. And, of course, get out, live your life, and love it.